You're listening to the Simple Pen Podcast. Pinterest for business advice that goes down smooth and easy. Here's your host, Kate All. So this is Kate with simplepinmedia.com and we are a Pinterest management company based here out of Portland, Oregon. And if you've been a listener to the podcast for a while, you know that I like to aim to teach simple, actionable tips that you can put into practice in your business. And today I'm going to be talking with Michelle of Making Sense of Sense about affiliate marketing in Pinterest. And she is a genius at this and it shows in how much money she's making each month. And so Michelle, welcome to the Simple Pin Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I think that your story is so fascinating, but even more to that is what you are currently doing and you're a full-time traveling family, you know, you and your husband with your two dogs. So tell me a little bit more about you and this full-time traveling lifestyle. Yeah. Um, so my name is Michelle. I run the personal finance blog, Making Sense of Sense. Um, since everything is online, me and my husband are able to travel full time. Uh, we sold our house in July of 2015. We used to live in, in a suburb of St. Louis, Missouri, but now we live full time in our RV with our two dogs. Um, we're currently in Las Vegas. Uh, this past, just past like three months, we've gone all over California, to numerous national parks, all over Utah, Arizona, Washington, Oregon, um, and Montana. Now we're down here in Vegas. Um, yeah, we love traveling. And you had a quick stint where you were sailing, correct? Uh, yeah, we just went on a two-week-long sailing trip. Um, we went on that to see how I would do sailing. Um, we've always wanted to possibly sail full-time in the future, but I've never actually been on a sailboat, so we wanted to see if I'd get sick. Um, turns get out sick? I yeah, turns out I won't get sick. Um, oh, nice. I was actually one of the only ones that did not get sick on the trip. There were seven of us. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so it was a lot of fun. And we're definitely thinking about doing that in the future. And you write income reports in your blog. And so I looked back at the one in July and you made 110000 in that month on your blog. And most of it was done through affiliate marketing. How did you begin to see that affiliate marketing was going to be profitable for your blog, that it was an avenue that you really needed to travel down to open up this income stream? Um, So it's kind of the background's kind of long, but um, I started making sense of sense in August of 2011. Um, I used to be a financial analyst, started making sense of sense on the side. I didn't start it to make money or anything like that. Back when I started my blog, I actually did not know that blogs can make money. Um, It was all just a hobby and an outlet. Uh, so that I could talk about my student loans and to be active in the personal finance community. I saw tons of other people talking about their financial situation on these personal blogs, and I just thought that was super interesting. So I decided to start a blog of my own. Um, And then it all just quickly grew from there. I eventually left my full-time day job in October of 2013, two years after I started making Sense of Sense. And I have been full-time blogging ever since. Is that pretty tough for you to make that decision to leave a traditional job? Yeah, it was definitely tough. So I have three business and finance related college degrees. So I had a lot of student loan debt. Um, I definitely went to school for a long time. It was 
definitely a big struggle in the beginning. So it was hard when it comes to that, especially since I went to school for a specific reason and blogging isn't like a traditional job or career or business even at all. Um, so it was hard at first, but I built up an emergency fund and I made sure to diversify my blogging income and grew my blogging income to an amount where I was comfortable or leaving my day job with. Got it. And then what was kind of your your aha moment with affiliate marketing? What did you see? Like, how did you really go this, this could be it? Because you just mentioned like diversifying your blog income. But what was really that realization? You know, you said you saw other people doing it. But for you, like, this is what my people would like. Yeah. um, So I was always interested in affiliate marketing pretty much since the very, not the very beginning, maybe a year after I started my blog, and I realized that blogs could actually make money. Um, I saw other people earning affiliate income and I was interested in it, but I never really thought it was possible before. I always thought that you had to have a huge following and a ton of page views in order to be successful with affiliate marketing. Um, so one day I gave myself a goal of earning affiliate income. I worked towards achieving that goal. It was a really small goal. It was, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was just like make a hundred dollars off affiliate income in a single month. Um, so I started by making a little bit each month and it just continued to grow month after month with very, very minimal work. So I now know that you don't need a ton of page views or a huge following in order to make a great income through affiliate marketing. Even though I do have a somewhat large following now, it's still nowhere near as large as, uh, like I I definitely do not receive millions of views a month, not even close to a million views a month. So I definitely know that you don't need a huge, huge following in order to be successful with affiliate marketing. Which I think is always the common myth, right? Like everybody's kind of striving for the all important page view because they think for them that will translate to more money. But I like that you said that, like, it's almost like we're shifting our focus into focusing on what works best. Like, what do people need? And so for you, when did you, you know, in the beginning, you're like, my goal is $100. Did you start to develop a system as far as how you would structure things so that it would convert? Did you see something that worked better than the other? How was that laid out in the beginning for you? Yeah, um, so my affiliate marketing strategies have always been pretty similar to how it was in the very beginning. Um, I teach a lot about my affiliate marketing strategies in my course, Making Sense of Affiliate Marketing. But in general, I am... I'm always looking for a more passive affiliate income stream. So I try to create a free email course or some kind of tutorial or something on my blog. And I try to make that as helpful as can be. I go through every single little minute detail so that readers and my audience know exactly what needs to be done to solve whatever problem that they're having in their life. So when it comes to blogging, I teach pretty much everything that comes uh, that is involved with blogging and to build a successful blog in my monthly income reports. So people know like, oh, this is what I have to do to start a blog. Um, And I do that with pretty much every affiliate product that I promote. Um, I just try to be as helpful as possible. And that's the main system I have answering every question, being open to answering every single email I receive from readers, um, and so on and so on. So let's say you're a new person who's starting out and there is that kind of struggle of not enough page views and not figuring out what's working for them. What tip would you give them to start developing even like a baby affiliate marketing strategy? You know, like tomorrow they could do these two things just to get it off the ground. 
And they're assuming they already have a blog. Yeah. Um, so my number one thing would be to see what your audience would like you to talk about when it comes to affiliate products. Um, so many people think that affiliate marketing and affiliate income is as easy as just slapping random affiliate links on your blog and pretty much that's it. When um, it's actually the exact opposite of that. You need to give your readers a ton of value. If you don't know what they want, um, send them a simple email and ask them, what would you like me to review? What would you like me to talk about? Um, what would you like me to go over? Um, just asking them can help you figure out what you should be talking about on your blog. Um, and then the number two thing I would recommend is to always work on building your email list. Um, I waited like two or three years to start my email list. And I actually didn't start taking it seriously until just last year. And that was a huge mistake. Um, in the past year, since I took it seriously, a year and a half, I have grown to over 60,000 email subscribers. So it, I can't help but wonder how many I lost out on in the other four and a half years. Right. Um, so your email list is extremely important because that's where your loyal subscribers, your loyal readers are. And those are the people who are more likely to purchase the products that you're promoting. So why do you think, what was the biggest hurdle for you when taking it seriously? What was the kind of the self-talk that talked you out of doing it? Um, I just thought that email was really difficult in the beginning. Um, so last, I want to say last April or last March of 2016, I found out about ConvertKit. And I they just make it really, really easy to understand email and to send emails out. And ever since I switched to ConvertKit, I've just really understood it a lot better. Yeah, I think that is a huge... I use ConvertKit too. And I've used two other email providers before this. And I will say how easy it is for you to use your email marketing program makes a huge difference because mm -hmm. if it requires code or all that other stuff, you will just not do it because it does seem hard. But I think just starting to write to people and communicate is so key because like you said, then you can hear back with what they want you to share more about. And then that guides you from there. Yeah, exactly. I hear a lot of new bloggers in particular in there talking about email, getting this affiliate marketing off the ground, talk about nobody responds to my emails or nobody clicks on links. How do you jump that hurdle to keep pressing forward? Um, so when it comes to email, my top tip is to always make your emails very personable. Um, I've seen emails where there's a lot of pictures or too many links or there's random code mixed in. I don't know why, but I see that actually a lot. With images, you don't want a ton of images in your email, or at least that's not what I like because images don't always show up in emails. Um, so that can be one hurdle that you might be messing with. Um, too many links can come across as spammy and annoying. I mean, you wouldn't know where to click if there's too many. Um, so, I mean, you definitely want more personable emails, something like where it sounds like your friend is sending you an email. And I always like to keep that in mind when I'm sending an email to my readers. Do you keep that in mind, too, when you're thinking of what affiliates to choose? You know, would this be a good fit for my audience or a good fit for my friend? Do you have any filters, I guess, that you use to say this is what I will and will not include? Yeah, um, I always make sure it's a product that I've personally used or a product that a reader or a friend has uh, emailed me and asked me about. Um, I just making sure it's a good fit is always a good tip. You should always definitely be doing that. And then when you do something, I 
I open up your emails, I read them and I've subscribed to them. And I love that at the top of every email, you link to the blog post and then you link for a way for them to pin it on Pinterest. When did you start realizing that this was a good strategy as far as getting more shares for your pins? Yeah. Um, so it's funny. I actually had a reader email me back one day and this is before I started linking to the direct pin link. And they said, it would be really nice if you would just include the pin link in here so that I could save it to read later. And that same day, I had, I think, like two or three other people say the exact same thing. So I've just been doing it ever since and people love it. So yeah, it definitely makes it a lot easier. Your content is very, it is a sit down and read. Like it, it's a longer form content and it's definitely um, strategies to accomplish something. So it makes sense that people would want to read it for later because it's good stuff. I mean, I would agree. Like I see the title, I'm like, oh, this is really good. I want to read it later because we're busy and doing other things. Mm -hmm. And so you're pinning it to Pinterest and then just grabbing that link and then linking it. Some people are going to be wondering how to do that. Is that how you do that? Yep. It's all manual. I actually get that question a lot. People wonder if there's like some automatic way to do it. If there is, I would love to know it. But no, I do it myself. (laughs) Yeah. That's the easiest way to do it. There is no auto way. Someday, maybe ConvertKit will come up with that. But right now, not so much. Yeah. So let's jump then with that Pinterest piece. When did you start using Pinterest for your blog? And then how did you see that connection between Pinterest being a good traffic driver? Um, I can't remember exactly when I started with Pinterest, but it was probably a year and a half, two years ago when I started taking it seriously. Um, I saw how Pinterest was helping many other bloggers and other topics. Um, but with when it comes to financial bloggers, no one in the financial uh, topic really ever did anything with Pinterest when I was first starting out, which I thought was really interesting. I thought, huh, well, I mean, financial topics might not be the best for Pinterest, but I might as well just try it out. It only takes a little bit of time to create a Pinterest image for each picture, for each blog post. And um, I noticed that a lot of things are starting to go viral. And so I just always make sure to include a Pinterest image on every single blog post. And it definitely helps with traffic uh, to convert traffic to email subscribers and to earn more affiliate income for sure. So some people ask me too about direct affiliate marketing on Pinterest. Have you ever found that it's been effective to create a pinnable image and link directly to the affiliate? Um, direct affiliate links on Pinterest, I find that they don't really convert the best. Um, people on Pinterest, I feel they like to buy things, but if it comes across as too salesy, Um, then they usually won't click. Um, So for me, I like to instead pin an image to an affiliate-related blog post on Making Sense of Sense and then have them head on over to the direct affiliate link later on. But there are cases where I will directly link to an affiliate link, such as if it's a free email course that I really enjoy, um, such as there's one for a Gina Horky's uh, VA course or her writing course. Um, Mm -hmm. I will directly link to that in some images. And I find that that actually converts kind of well. Um, But for the most part, um, I find that just linking directly to your blog post is probably the best idea. I would agree. I think it creates higher conversions because people can read about it first before there is that skepticism of going straight to a sales page that I think people can back up from. Yeah, exactly. So you created a course on this and it's, you know, making sense of affiliate marketing. And I've, you know, I'm an affiliate for you and I've looked through the course and I love how thorough it is. 
And I'm assuming it didn't start out as big as it is because it's a pretty, pretty beefed up course. There's not it doesn't seem like there's no there's no stone left unturned, if you will, which I love because as you even just look at the titles, you see something that's applicable to the new marketer and something that's applicable to the seasoned marketer, which is great. Mm -hmm. But has it expanded over has it been a, a year or so, a year and a half that you've had it? Uh, it's been 14 months or 13 Okay. Months. Yeah. And it keeps evolving for you, I'm assuming, as you engage with your students and you learn more about affiliate marketing yourself. Yeah, correct? definitely. I feel that the best way to improve is to just get feedback from the people who you're trying to help. Um, th- that's definitely the best feedback, the best way to grow a course and the best way to constantly evolve. Yeah. So what have you learned from your students over these last 14 months? Maybe some things that you would tell people to avoid or thought patterns they have. What have you learned from them? Um, so whenever I send an email out about my course, which if you're uh, if you subscribe to my affiliate marketing cheat sheet, which is free, you then get put into a sequence that talks about affiliate marketing and eventually leads you to making sense of affiliate marketing in case you want to purchase it. Um, and due to that, one of the most common questions I receive is, is do I need a ton of page views in order to be successful with affiliate marketing, as we talked about before? And that's definitely one of the mindsets that a lot of people who are brand new affiliate marketing have. Um, so I always like to tell people that you don't need to be super successful with your blog already. You don't have to have a million Instagram followers. You don't have to have 500,000 Pinterest followers and so on and so on. Um, it's all about promoting affiliate par- products the correct way, doing it effectively, doing it efficiently. And these are definitely all things that I teach in the course and all things that I like people to get over when it comes to affiliate marketing hurdles. Yeah, I would agree. I think it's something that I hear over and over. And there's, I did a podcast a while back about, uh, you know, page views versus income. And I think there's that we've elevated page views even over income. And we always have the assumption that everybody else is getting more than we are. Mm-hmm. But we're never really actually having a conversation about it. We're just yes. assuming. Yes. Which is tough because then I think for a lot of bloggers that can end up affecting your mental game and how effectively you do market to your audience because you're constantly in a state of discouragement and frustration. So you're not really moving forward very well. Mm-hmm. So... um Are there any other tips that you would give um, even or maybe let's, you know, we talked a lot about the newbie kind of blogger. What about the seasoned blogger who's been around for five or six years and affiliate marketing is kind of the way that you viewed email a little bit like it seems so tough. It seems so hard. I don't really want to do it. I'll just do ads. What would you say to encourage them to really test out the waters to start using that effectively and diversify their income as well? Um, So yeah, there's definitely a lot of things you can do if you are a seasoned blogger and have been blogging for five to six years or whatever amount. Um, If you aren't taking part in affiliate marketing, my definite top tip would be to just try. Um, Definitely don't just slap affiliate links on your blog, but determine what your readers want. Um, Link to it in a casual but in a way that they can still see it. So one of my top tips in the course is a lot of people will link to an affiliate link, but they'll just say, click here and just here will be highlighted. Um, On a lot of people's phones, they can't click just a four letter tiny word, which a lot of people don't realize you might be able to do it on your phone. But I've actually heard from numerous people like I literally cannot click on that on my phone. Um, So you want to make sure that you have a call to action that you're linking a 
bigger group of words that people can see and people can actually click on. Other tips would be to grow your email list. Um, your email list is where your most engaged subscribers and readers are. So those are the people who are more likely to purchase from you. Um, and number three, I guess, would definitely go back to survey your audience, make sure you're promoting things that they actually want. Um, so many people look at my income reports and they think, oh, I'll just promote the same things as Michelle does because that's what works for her. But no, you need to see what actually works for you because what works for me might never work for you. Um, especially if we're in, we, t we blog about different topics. I mean, if you talk about something that has nothing to do with finance or blogging, it wouldn't really make much sense to promote the same things as I do. So you definitely want to see what works for you, what works for your audience. Yeah, I agree with that. In fact, over the last, uh, I guess, looking at 2017, we figured out what affiliates convert for Simple Pin that we promote to our audience. And I was surprised to look through to see what I thought was working by the numbers was not actually something that was converting well. It was something else. And so looking at those numbers and seeing where are people going is going to be a huge indicator of where you need to focus instead of just assuming, which is a huge trap. Yes, exactly. Um, the other thing you mentioned too that I was going to touch on really quickly was that, again, that email piece, because I think I know a lot of seasoned bloggers who are still in this um, idea that email marketing isn't going to be important. Like it's, or I'm just going to set, the readers will just come to my blog. And a big one of that too, I think, you know, kind of also straddling that is how they're structuring what they're writing, you know, like for mobile, mm -hmm. like what you said, like you can't click here, you can't click it. In fact, I was in an email marketing class and they were talking about the font being bigger, like 16 point at minimum. And I thought that's great. That's huge. You know, <laughs> people are going to be annoyed by that. But she was right that you can't on a little phone, you can't click things yeah. to click over. So making your link bigger I think is, is huge. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of a jump between those two of like, I don't want to use email and then these other things, the technical pieces of email. But I think that important part of just using it and getting into that practice. Yeah. Um, email is so, so important. Um, so many people say, well, um, I email's dead. I've heard that a few times, but yeah. I think that's just crazy. I mean, my email list grows by several thousand every single month and uh, I have email sign-up boxes in multiple places on my blog, but somehow there's always the reader that emails me at least once a week that says, I can't find it. Just manually <laughs> subscribe me. I just can't find it. <laughs> so I mean, <laughs> so I know that there's people who are still signing up if they're going to personally email me and ask me to do it myself. Um, and there's just no reason not to have an email list. I mean, um, it's not that expensive. Um, People want to subscribe to you. So why would you prevent them from doing that is the main thing, I think. Mm -hmm. And do you for your email challenges, do you or I guess your your sequence, you know, having a challenge that gets them into the email that gets them funneled towards the product mm -hmm. that you sell or an affiliate product. Do you use Pinterest as well to try to funnel them towards that specifically, either the landing page for the email or the challenge? Yes, uh, that's a big thing that I use Pinterest for. Um, I will make a Pinterest image for a specific landing page, like such as for my how to start a blog free course. I have a Pinterest image that leads to that. And that actually converts pretty well. Um, I get maybe 30 to 50 subscribers a day to that. And that's just off one really simple Pinterest image. 
Um, so yeah, it definitely helps. Do you ever A-B test images to see which ones perform better? Or do you just over time know what type of images perform better? Um, I just recently started doing that, but that's definitely something I'd like to start doing more of. Yeah, I think it's especially good now that Pinterest has a strong visual search piece. We've been seeing, you know, what does their visual search pull up when you look at related images? What does it pull up when you do the hover over piece or even Pinterest lens, which I think is interesting, especially if they're stock images, you know, if Pinterest will pull parts of that stock image, how that relates. And Google will have visual search as well. So I think our images are going to be even more important as we get further down the road on both Google and Pinterest. Mm-hmm, definitely. I agree. Alrighty. So we're coming to the end here and you've given us so many great tips. Is there anything else you want to share for people who are still dragging their feet thinking affiliate marketing isn't for me. Yeah. um, So my top tip, if you aren't doing anything with affiliate marketing right now, or you just think that it's impossible and you just cannot do it with your website or your business, my top tip would be to just try put in a little effort now and you may be you may be able to earn affiliate income years down the line. Um, I created that free how to start a blog course um, a year and a half ago. And I've done very little work to uh, maintain it. And I get over, I want to say, two to 3,000, sometimes even 5,000 new subscribers to that free email course, which, yeah, and that's there's very, very little work that I do to do that, less than an hour a month. And that helps me earn affiliate income uh, today. To this day, it still continues to increase. So uh, just a little bit of work now may allow you to earn a lot of affiliate income later. Yeah, good final tip. Just put in the work, even though it might seem like it's going to take you hours, you'll be surprised that it doesn't take you as much time as you thought. Yeah, exactly. So where can people go to connect with you, read your income reports and see your Pinterest page? Yeah. um, So if you go to makingthesenseofsense.com, you'll find my personal finance and lifestyle blog. Um, If you want to follow my RV and full-time travels, you can go to my Instagram account. Um, And then you'll find I also have Pinterest, Facebook, I have a free Facebook community. If you go to makingsenseofsense.com, all of my social media accounts are on the top right hand side. So it's very easy to find everything. Fantastic. And we will link to your course as well. Because like I said, in the beginning, I think it is so thorough. It's so fantastic for anybody getting into affiliate marketing. And you have given the readers a $10 off code and the coupon code will be in the podcast episode in the show notes. And so we'll have a link for you as I do the outro for this. But thanks so much for taking time to come on and share these tips. Super actionable, really easy to digest. And I hope both beginner and seasoned bloggers will take advantage of them. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. That episode was packed with tons of tips for how to effectively use affiliate marketing on your blog and Pinterest. The path that she took going from Pinterest to email marketing campaign to affiliate marketing allows her to make a lot of money every single month. And this isn't something that only seasoned bloggers can do. A beginner blogger can do it. A veteran blogger can do it. Anybody can put in an affiliate marketing strategy into their blog or business. 
And Michelle's course really is awesome. She's a great communicator. It's stacked full of great content. And if you are somebody that really needs someone to walk you through this process of affiliate marketing, Michelle's course is the way to go. If you go to simplepinmedia.com slash 68, we'll have a link to the course in addition to the $10 off coupon code that she's offering Simple Pin readers. As always, thank you so much for listening to the Simple Pin podcast. Podcast.